welcome to the podcast series from the National Centre for Research Methods at the University of Southampton. In today's podcast, Professor Rosalind Edwards talks about her hugely popular working paper addressing the question of how many interviews is enough in qualitative research. Well, I think really the whole paper is a, is a response to student concerns. So uh, my colleague Sarah and I were chatting about the way that uh, you know student, undergraduates, masters and PhD students who are doing qualitative research often say, well, how many interviews do I need to do? And, and uh, there was nowhere we could give our own answers, but there was no resource that we could actually point them towards. So a lot of the advice on how many is enough was dotted around. And there was no central place that anyone could go to. So we thought, well, OK, it's a question. We keep getting asked. It. Let's answer it. And what was your approach to this? How did you go about addressing that question? Uh, well, we thought we won't just put forward our own perspectives here because um, we've got particular ideas. Why don't we go to the people who usually provide advice about research methods, experts in the field, and ask them to answer the question? So we uh, drew up a list of experts who, whose work we admired, who'd written on research methods, across, and we looked to see that there was a variety of disciplines and um, different geographical areas and different uh, substantive topics that they researched on. And then we simply sent them an email saying, if you um, had to answer this question, a student asked you how many qualitative interviews are enough, how would you answer it? But we thought, as well as experts, we also needed some early career researchers who had just gone through this process for them to give their ideas. So, so we did actually also a similar process of uh, uh, approaching early career researchers by email, sending them the questions, say, what advice would you give to other students? You got a very good response. Uh, one of those responses really did make you stop and pause for thought. Tell us a bit about that, that particular response, yes. what it was and, and, and why it made you think again. Well, that was from Harry Walcott, who, unfortunately, he died back in November last year. Uh, he is a professor of anthropology of education at or Oregon. And he uh, was unable to give us a, a full written response, but he did email back to us and sort of said, in a nutshell, what he thought were the key issues. But he, he said, whatever you do... Uh, it should be transparent. That's, that's the key issue, make that transparent. And then he asked us this uh, question, which was a sort of bit of a left-field question for us. How many interviews did you decide was enough? Um, and then we thought, oh, my goodness, you know, how are we deciding how many people to approach? So we re it really made us think about the, the process. What did we reckon were enough interviews? Because if we, we hadn't thought of the in emails as interviews, but then we started to and think, well, how many interviews is enough for this? Um, and we decided, uh, we said that, oh, well, actually, we thought that we would look for an estimate of data saturation, and that's how many we decided upon, and so we told him that. And then he emailed back, said, yes, but how many? You know, sort of <laughs> and so we thought, OK, well, uh, 15 is what we said, um, that we, we thought that 15 experts would be enough to, to gain all perspectives on the issue. We ended up with only 14 experts, but we thought that we had, you know, we did uh, see recurring themes in what they were saying. And then with the five early researchers, that was 19 responses in all. So pretty good response and yes. 
it, difficult to give an overview perhaps of everything, but if you could perhaps pick out some of the key responses um, and the ones that you then reported in your research. Right. Um, well, all of them, and we read them as they came in, and all the experts and indeed the early career researchers, we, we sort of nodded away as we read their contributions. Some of the key points that came out for me was that in, in, in quantitative methods, it's really fairly simple. It's how much is enough for statistical validity. But in qualitative, what you're dealing with is you're trying to get at meanings, you're trying to get at processes, um, about complexity, you might be looking for commonalities, you might be looking for differences. Um, and also, quite often, researchers are working in qualitative methods where they're sort of doing this uh, combination of sampling, collecting the data, analysing that, maybe going back again, doing more sampling, collecting and analysing. Um, and, but they, um, so the overall answer that came out after all of these experts is it depends. And so our task, we felt, was to draw out what it depends on that would be useful for uh, people reading the, the paper. And we identified three areas. So um, one key area was around the, the, uh, the epistemology and the methodology. What is the nature of the research? What's its purpose? Is it trying to find out commonalities? Uh, is it trying to find out differences between the sample? Is it looking for uniqueness? Is your research looking for complexity? Um, are you trying to compare different groups within your research or different instances within your research? And the, the key issue there in terms of uh, epistemology, your, your understanding of how the social world works and methodology or understanding of how you should go about researching it, the key issue there is that you can build a convincing narrative about a convincing story about what it is that you're doing. So you need to think about your sample in those terms. The second way to think about your sample is actually in practical things in terms of how many. What sort of degree are you going for? How much time have you got available? If you've got a three-year project or a three-month project, um, what resources, what money have you got available? Can you go travelling around the country or across the world or are you rooted in a particular place? What about the committees that you have to go through for your students? There are ethics committees. Is there anything that you need to satisfy them? There are upgrade committees if you're a PhD student. And then the third theme uh, that came out that you need to think about in terms of how many qualitative interviews is enough is what we call the epistemic community, which is actually the people who are going to be judging your work. They're going to be your mentors or your peers or the people who are going to read your work or examine your work. What would they judge to be enough? And so the answer actually can be one, one unique case. It can be 20 cases, it can be 50 cases, uh, depending on judging those three points and thinking about what it is that you need to know how many is enough. Or actually, it could be no cases, because some of our respondents, the experts, um, Daniel Miller, Paul Ten Hag, they actually said, no, why go and interview people? Just, just observe particular cases or instances. So no interviews in that case. <laughs> I mean, lots of lessons to be learned from that, but what were the principal takeaways? Is it all to do with the preparation and the planning? That's what it sounds like for students who are starting to think about this. Yes, it's preparing and planning, but also being flexible later on in the research process. So you're, it's, not, it's not always completely cut and dried right from the start. But the, the thing, what you need to think about as a student in deciding how many qualitative interviews is enough is what is my research about? 
So how many people do I need for my research topic? What resources have I got? Time and money and so on. And who is it for? Who's going to be reading this? And if I was to point to anything, I would point to the issue of the epistemic community because that cuts across the issue of your epistemology, how you think the, the social world works, and also the res practical resource issues. It holds those two together. Who's going to be reading this? Who's judging me? I'd go with that one, if anything. The paper's been designed as a resource for students. It's been incredibly popular, thousands of downloads already. You must feel very satisfied about that as a starting point, but it's demonstrated that there's a clear need for this sort of steer, this sort of advice, this sort of um, help. What plans then to, to take it further or develop it further? Actually, Sarah and I have been absolutely stunned by, I think, within a year, um, well over 20,000 downloads, if only we had royalties. Uh, but, um, but yes, it does show that actually that was a really needed resource. It's been uh, tweeted and retweeted and everything. So uh, what I have done to take this forward, because Sarah's in New Zealand now, and so um, she'll take things forward in her own way over there. But what I've done is that uh, with, with another colleague, I've written a book called What is Qualitative Interviewing? which is going to be published by uh, Bloomsbury Academic soon. So that sort of uh, is another, it's a short advice book, about half the length of a usual academic book. So that's another of these sorts of advice books. And then um, the other thing that I think in order to take this forward is to listen to the recurring concerns of our students and to identify what working papers will be useful in that way. Qualitative Interviews is Enough is an NCRM working paper by Sarah Baker and Rosalind Edwards and can be downloaded at www.eprints.ncrm.ac.uk forward slash 2273.